Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello and welcome to the 104th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we have quite a bit of news to go over. I didn't get to cover everything I wanted to last week due to time constraints, so I'll make sure to cover all the biggest news this week. After that, we'll hear from Arjun Boss with a follow-up to the trailer he made for his screenplay, Extinction Level Jurassic Park. So this week, he brings us the prologue to the radio play that he's planning. And finally, to wrap up the show, we have some cool audio from Colin Trevorrow that he did recently with an interview with MTV. You'll get to hear some of his thoughts on the upcoming film, along with some news about Jeff Goldblum. Anyway, it's another fun episode lined up for you, so let's get things started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access rate program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. All right, so before we get too far into the show, obviously we need to talk about Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, the title of the new film. We did a giant episode on it uh, at the time it was released on June 22nd, 2017, which is a year in advance of the movie's release. Um, Obviously, we talked all about it in that special episode with Aaron Beyer, but if you missed any of that stuff, I'll recap it right here for you. The morning of the 22nd started off with J.A. Bayona, the upcoming director of the film uh, posted a picture what kind of looked like one of the Ford Explorers from the first film. Now at this point it would be kind of old and decrepit looking especially if it was one of the ones that was uh, left outside you know much like the uh, visitor center looked in Jurassic World kind of overgrown and dirty and all that stuff so maybe it was one of those or especially the one that fell off the ravine into the tree the one that had Timmy in it so we'll see about that nothing too much on that but uh, the big reveal was the the brand new poster featuring the title Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom along with some sparks flying around some ash in the air and uh, some smoke in the background too so it's kind of foreboding kind of scary looking we don't know exactly what it means but there's a lot to infer from it so definitely listen to that special episode that I did with Aaron Beyer where we kind of uh, went into full detail as to what to expect uh, from those those clues in that poster. Also, we posted an article on JurassicParkPodcast.com kind of going more in-depth into each of those things that I just talked about. Um, it's a fun write-up, and it also features the podcast itself, so go ahead and take a look at that on our website. But, man, I am excited about this title. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It's, uh, it's so exciting to actually have something to say instead of Jurassic World 2 or, or JW2 or anything like that. There's no more arguments about Jurassic Park 5, Jurassic World 2. 
it's Fallen Kingdom. We have that at least. I'm not too sure if I like it better with the or without the, um, but either way, I think it's a cool title. I think there's a lot to infer from it and uh, so many possibilities about what it could mean and uh, I am just dying to find out. So we'll have to wait a year <laughs> before we can find out for sure. Maybe we'll learn some more about trailers. Um, also, speaking of trailers, there's, there has been a lot of rumors about a trailer popping up at Comic-Con. Uh, I think it came from the Chronicle Collectibles uh, live Facebook thing that they talked about, uh, some of their upcoming projects, and I think they hinted at a trailer uh, for Comic-Con, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go on that, especially um, based off of Universal's past performance. They've never been much of a, a presence at Comic-Con, so I think initially off the bat I was like, eh, I don't know if that's going to be true. But who knows, maybe they're turning over a new leaf. But then until Chris from the Outpost said that, uh, I guess he got into contact with some people and, yeah, at Universal and they said, no, that there's probably not going to be anything shown there. So don't get too overhyped. Uh, it doesn't look like we're getting anything just yet. But I'm sure you've all seen the poster and you've seen all the pictures so far. So if you have any thoughts on it, definitely send us an MP3. You can email it to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. You can call our voicemail line 732-825-7763. Let us know what you think about that poster. And uh, we definitely featured a lot of your thoughts via Twitter and Instagram on our special episode. But if you have more thoughts, send them in to us. Speaking of Chronicle Collectibles, they now have a pre-order open for the Crash McCreary one-to-one Baby Raptors uh, that are so well-respected from the amazing Crash McCreary art put out in the 90s. Uh, Now, each Baby Raptor is roughly 12 inches in length. Price includes three Baby Raptors, base and the signed plaque. Now, this is an awesome-looking piece. I, for one, have been a huge fan of that original artwork from Crash, featuring those three baby raptors kind of rolling around, playing, fighting, uh, basically just hatched and, and trying to figure out what life is. It's an awesome piece of art that's now brought to life via this sculpture, and I don't think you're going to want to miss this one. And it's actually a pretty decent price here. Pre-ordering, actually, it just started here the other day. Pricing is at $550 if you do it in the first 30 days. After that, it looks like it's $650 at the regular retail price. Now, each piece will be individually numbered and comes hand-signed by Crash McCreary. The plaque stand is a separate piece that can be displayed on the base with the Baby Raptors. In total, it looks like it's 18 inches long, 9 inches tall, and 12 inches deep. Each Baby Raptor, like I said, is roughly 12 inches long. Now, you can do the full payments, 3 months, 6 months, or 10-month payment plans. This is a great deal, people. This is one of the coolest-looking pieces they've put out so far. So definitely check out more information via the link in our show notes. So it looks like Secret Cinema may be possibly hinting at a Jurassic Park experience coming soon. Now, if you don't know much about Secret Cinema, they're a company that kind of goes all out in presenting films that you love in the most immersive way possible. Now, they've produced events centered around Back to the Future, Empire Strikes Back, Ghostbusters, and uh, so many more films bringing in entertainment, actors, and more to bring these worlds to life. They basically literally allow you to live inside a movie. 
So uh, they recently sent out a GIF of the water shaking in the cup from of course the Rex breakout scene along with the comment, life finds a way. So is this a hint from them that something Jurassic Park is coming or is it just a typical impact tremor gif saying that something else is on the way? Well, let's hope it's about Jurassic Park and hopefully it's somewhere cool. Uh, that film would make for a really, really immersive event with everybody dressed in costume, bringing out their Jurassic Park vehicles and maybe even a few pet dinosaurs along with them. We'll make sure to give you more news as soon as we hear anything, but in the meantime, head to our show notes for a link to their post. So this week we have a few birthdays to celebrate. This Wednesday, June 28th, is Alessandro Nivola's birthday, Billy from Jurassic Park 3. Friday the 30th of June is Vincent D'Onofrio's birthday, Vic Hoskins from Jurassic World. And Sunday, July 2nd is Vanessa Lee Chester's birthday, Kelly from The Lost World. Happy birthday to you three, Alessandro and Vanessa. I'd love to see you both come back to the franchise in some way, but uh, Vincent, I don't think you'll have a chance. Sorry, dude. Anyway, happy birthday to you all. Enjoy. Oh, there it is. There it is. Don't miss Jay Jurassic at the Garden State Comic Fest at the Menin Arena in Morristown, New Jersey. On July 8th and 9th, he'll have a table showcasing his talents with art prints, on-the-spot dino sketches, and other dino-related items for purchase. He'll also be down there promoting the podcast, so make sure to stop in and let him know you listen. Of course, there will be a few fun celebrity guests, such as Walt Simonson, a Jurassic Park comic author, John Wesley Ship of The Flash fame, and Dean Kane from Lois and Clark. Head to the podcast show notes for more information on the event. Don't forget, July 8th and 9th in Morristown, New Jersey at the Men and Arena. All right, let's take a listen to the prologue audio from Arjun Boss from his screenplay, Extinction Level Jurassic Park. Prologue. International Genetics Incorporated, better known simply as InGen, had mastered the talent of secret keeping. Early 1980s, CEO John Hammond started to work out the idea to clone dinosaurs with DNA extracted from mosquitoes found in fossilized tree sap or amber. His idea, especially his team's success in cloning, would be kept a well-hidden secret for almost two decades. Even keeping an incident that happened during the early 1990s successfully under wraps, an involved scientist who felt the need to tell the story, breaking his non-disclosure agreement to get acknowledgement for the ones who lost their lives during that critical weekend and compensation for their families, was not taken seriously, doing his reputation more damaged than good by leaking the events. However, when a rich family stumbled on an island in the Pacific and a little girl got bitten by prehistoric animals, it became difficult to keep the secret much longer and InGen, now headed by Hammond's nephew Peter Ludlow, hastily decided on drastic steps to recover what they could and give a positive spin on the turn of events. How the secret came out was not exactly the way they had imagined. A rampaging Tyrannosaurus Rex through the streets of San Diego broke the news and InGen's secret to the public. Not only did the scientist story suddenly make sense and only then taken for fact, it also quickly spread that this dinosaur had not come from the island the scientist had written about, but from a second island, Isla Sorna, which had served as factory floor, where Isla Nubla was just a showcase to the public and even to InGen's investors. News spread that the islands were quarantined and kept safe, patrolled by a combined effort of InGen together with the Costa Rican and United States government, with high penalties for those who entered the contained area. 
with engine secret no longer secret, and the wonder it inspired, the company's prospects strangely blossomed. Although nobody knew what to do with the dinosaurs, let life find a way, John Hammond had said. Later, another family would stumble on this island, together with another well-known scientist that had been connected to the Isla Nubla incident. They would find out that Injin still had some secrets up their sleeve, yet the actual secret behind what they encountered would stay hidden for many more years. Even after Jurassic World opened to the public in 2005, the crisis that Injin battled in those years would stay unknown to the public even then, and we're not yet certain if that crisis is completely averted. This is the story of what happened. lab today we have some audio from colin javaro via the happy sad confused podcast from mtv colin talks about jay abiona and his work on the film and also a little bit about goldblum's role in the film i'm also so excited i mean you're obviously a hugely involved in the next jurassic and that you a story or co-wrote it correct me if i I'm wrote wrong. it you yeah wrote with, it. Oh, okay. and derek and i i mean i not only did did uh, i mean derek and i wrote uh for you know, for about the first eight months, and then uh, you know, when he had to move on, I I kept going, and I was the, actually the onset writer on that movie. I would show oh, up wow. with my backpack every morning, and just like, "What do you need, sir?" <laughs> and uh, and it was amazing. It was a very uh, I, it is thus far you know my favorite creative collaboration that I've I've ever been involved in, and in that you know, Jay Bayona uh, is a completely different kind of uh, filmmaker and thinker yeah. than I am, yet we do have a lot of things in common. And so I was able to craft something specifically for another that filmmaker that out. I admire. And, and I built a Spanish horror thriller with dinosaurs in it <laughs> that I probably wouldn't have built for myself. Uh, but, you know, especially since, you know, he's it, he's completely adept at taking on movies of any size. In fact, his his previous movies had longer schedules than this one. Oh, really? Uh, you know, The Impossible, I think, was like 100-something days. Wow. Uh, they're very complex productions. You've seen that movie. Um, so it was really more about, you know, somebody who, uh, you know, he, he, his English is great, but it's a second language. Right. And so being able to get into the nuances of, of how, you know, people talk uh, is something that everybody was, you know, very collaborative on and you know Belana Tenzia his producer was great too but I gotta tell you man I I think that's gonna be a better movie I'm just gonna say <laughs> it. I really do I, I is think, it more in a, like a, a horrific kind of scary bent is that one of the you know, objectives is that it's just deeper it's more character based and uh, it's it's definitely leans into suspense uh, especially in the second half it does have the big action uh, in the middle and there's a sequence in the middle that you know I've I've been watching I mean I watch dailies every day but I've started to see stuff come together and it's it's just insane, and I, I feel like, you know, there. I, I apologize to uh, to those who thought they were never going to need to see another Jurassic World movie because I think Jay Bayon is going to prove you wrong. Uh, just I, my opinion. I'm a huge fan of his work. Uh, Monster Calls was truly my favorite film of last year. So yeah. when I heard that you guys uh, had chosen him, I was thrilled. Um, how excited has it been to write dialogue for Ian Malcolm? You know, I did rely on Crichton for a lot of it. 
I, I used yeah. a lot of Crichton dialogue, uh, but my f- maybe one of my my highlights of this whole this whole uh, process is that uh, Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum called me, uh, and I'm not going to do an impression, but he <laughs> but he was like, look, I uh, you know I've added a couple I've added a couple things, uh, you know, just some little, I thought I'd perform it for you. I'm like, oh, oh, great, okay. And so we sat on the phone for an hour as he as he ran these lines and we talked about it. And uh, I mean, that it was almost better than than being there on set. Like it was it was great. And then, you know, the, I'm actually not going to be there. I'm not going to be there the day that uh, they, they, that they do the next thing they're going to do yeah. uh, that we were working on. But uh, you know, that's part of the whole realization I've had from day one is that I show up and I realize, oh, they actually don't need me here, <laughs> and I just slowly back out of the room and they got this. Uh, thematic. Is there anything that you can kind of tease in terms of? I mean, that's the the you did a number of things so well. I, I thought with Jurassic World in, in terms of tonally, it was it was it was a hard kind of thing to to hit. Where like the original Jurassic, I think you kind of uh, similarly kind of hit that kind of like wonder versus terror, that kind of like balance, and also kind of like throwing in this kind of very uh, interesting take on uh, consumerism run rampant and commercialism run rampant. Uh, I, I would expect that this isn't going to be just a thrill ride, although that's good too. Is there something deeper that you're trying to get at in in this next one that you want to hint at? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's, it's definitely uh, about our greed and and what you know, the depths of depravity that humans will sink in order to satisfy uh, their need for for profit. And uh, we're, we're certainly continuing with a lot of those themes, but in different ways. Um, but there's you know, without spoiling anything, there's there's definitely new themes that have never been. Uh, examined in a Jurassic movie before uh, that that we've gotten into that I, that I really think will expand uh, people's idea of what these movies can be mm-hmm. uh, that it's not just people running away from each other on an island or from dinosaurs on an island because uh, I think that's that's sort of required I'm just I'm just not sure it's it's not a forever franchise right it's it's in a lot of ways like you know you could argue there should have just been Jurassic Park and that's the end of it sure uh, and so to be able to justify going beyond what we did which uh, yeah, we kind of kitchen synced it in a lot of ways. As far as like you know, action you can have you know on an island with dinosaurs, yeah, exactly, you know? yeah. Uh, and and hopefully we'll prove what I just said wrong for part of the movie, and then uh, we're we're going elsewhere. Okay. So it's uh, it's it's some cows we haven't seen in, in the past ones. Safe to say, safe to say. Okay, so bring it, it full circle. Back to- Let's give it up to MTV for that great interview with Colin. I think it's hilarious to hear him talk about uh, this movie, Fallen Kingdom, being better than his own. But I think it definitely speaks volumes about what they think about uh, Bayona and what he can do. I also like that he does mention that a big action sequence is in the middle of the film. So I think that may slightly confirm what we've been hearing about the structure leaning towards the Jurassic Park style with the big action piece in the middle of the film. Also, of course, it's great to hear that Colin is using a lot of Crichton's dialogue for Goldblum's dialogue in uh, Fallen Kingdom and for the fact that uh, Goldblum is running lines via the phone, changing stuff as it goes along. It's so awesome. Anyway, the interview is much longer than that, featuring some great information on his new film, The Book of Henry, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and more. So definitely go check out the audio as it's linked in our show notes. Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast, and of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. 
Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Thanks for listening to the 104th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Thank you to Arjun for sending in the audio this week. I am really excited to see how this radio play progresses. I love the story so far, and I can't wait to hear more. Now, if any of you out there have ideas for segments on the podcast, thoughts on the films, or any audio to send in anything, please don't hesitate in reaching out to be part of the show. Now, this show is all about the fandom of Jurassic Park, so everybody, and I do mean everyone, is welcome to be a part of it. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast, and our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. We're usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com for all the links you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, comments, or like I said before, if you want to debut a segment of your own, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or you can submit questions directly on our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.